Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Polling Place 2021. This is news editor Grace Kinnicott, and we had news reporter John Murray sit down with the mayoral candidates of Bloomington and in Normal, asking them why they are running for mayor and why voters should vote for them. Enjoy. September of 2020, Michael Straza was preparing to run for Bloomington City Council in Ward 5, but just a month later, his plans would change. Now, he's one of three candidates running to replace Bloomington Mayor Terry Renner, who announced he would not be seeking another term. Mr. Straza, that was when you pivoted and decided to run for mayor. What led to the change of heart, and why do you believe you're the best candidate? Yeah, so uh big reason running for mayor. I've been part of this community since 1983, so this community has given back a lot. I went to junior high, Bloomington Junior High, Bloomington High School, and in NYSU. So I feel like through all the experiences that I had from mentors to teachers to just people in my life, employers, employees, there's been so much that's been given to me and opportunities I've had. So I look at this as this is something I've always wanted to do. Um, Probably the most recent thought of doing this was in 2016, where I was talking to somebody at a coffee shop here in town and said, you know, I would really feel like I could help and be a help for this community by running for mayor. So that was back in 2016. So this wasn't a last minute, like, hey, what should I, you know, should I run for mayor or not? So that's how I decided. I, said, I want to give back. I want to give back to the community what they've given to me. I think it's a great place to live. I think there's so many resources that are untapped that I know from my experience of 25 plus years of business experience, I can help people, connect people, and make this a better place for the future generation. So from the people of Bloomington's point of view, why do you say it's their best bet to elect you? Why should they elect you? What would electing you do for them? Um, I've worked in the years I've owned ran, uh, consulted businesses, worked for nonprofits, and helped people in the community. By bringing all that together, as I was even talking to an organization agency uh, this morning about how they're dealing with helping people that are experiencing homelessness and talking them through their process and how they help, and then talking to another agency about how they help, and trying to connect those dots and say, okay, now I see what I can do to help bridge the gaps to make sure that we are addressing this and moving the next step forward for affordable housing in that area. So again, this is what I do. I go out there, I look into things, I ask the questions, and then based off my experience, what I've been involved in and the people I've been around, I know how to help connect the bright people to make things happen. I'm not saying things haven't happened in the past, I just feel like there's some things I can bring to the table because of my efficiency of experiences and just the general business knowledge and understanding that what help to understand to what people need and then saying, here, I can do this. I can't do this, but I know someone that can. So I think I have the best ability to do that just because of the years of experience and the knowledge and just the resources I can draw from to bring people together and get them excited about helping and not just in that area, but in development, businesses coming to town, developing businesses. And you can look at my overall record of what I've done and how I've helped from Illinois State University to food pantries to you name it. I, I've done a lot of those things and I, I want to use these for the next thing is to help more people and I can help the 8,000 people that, that live in Bloomington. You highlighted your past experience 
as an entrepreneur and a business consultant. Could you elaborate on how those past experiences could help you should you become the next mayor of Bloomington? Well, a lot of it is, too, is I've hired and developed companies. I've hired probably over 100 employees. I've worked with contractors and union employees. I've worked with skilled, you know, skilled workers, people that are don't have certain things that, to their resources. So then I help them find the resources. So through all the years of corporate work, nonprofit work, working for companies and working more than just in Bloomington, but through the state of Illinois, through a lot of states, seven plus states I've worked in, several places I've employed people in other places. I've seen other locations. I've been, worked with other people that are, have different backgrounds, different abilities, and I've learned how we can all work together and listening and hearing what people need and then basically saying, how do we work together? And that's something, the strength that I have is I've worked with a lot of different people. And I feel like this is something that Bloomington needs is somebody to say, put away all the party politics, put away all the things that my special interests and in saying, how do we truly work with the core of our community and how do we make our community better? And that affects everybody economically, socially, through all those different patterns. And that's why, again, I feel like I'm the better candidate. Now, even though the country as a whole has started to uh, turn the corner in regards to recovering from the pandemic, some might say, there surely remains plenty of small businesses, their respective owners, and plenty members of the community as well who are still going to need some sort of help from the mayor and the mayor's office in one form or another. So if you're talking to the people of Bloomington, tell them how a mayor Straza would help them. Yeah, you have to break it down to what that help and that need is. First, listening to what their need is and understanding if it's a service area, is an individual looking that need affordable housing? Is it what exactly it is? And yeah, we're coming around, we would call it the corner of COVID. But what has happened to us in the last year is has an impact that's going to last us for several years to come. Things will, I would never see them going back to the way they were. What our new way of life is going to be different. This has shaped us. This has changed us for a lot of different things. A lot of things are going to come from this. Good and bad. And coming to me and saying, Mayor Strauss, I need your help in this. Okay, let's look at this. What do you need? It's looking at it as almost like a triage and saying, okay, what are the needs? What are the things that we need to look at first? How do we do this? What is a long-term solution? There's a lot of short-term solutions of giving some grants and some funding that'll get them on a, some stable foundation. But long-term, what does that is? I want to lose long-term health for a person is saying, here's the short-term solution. Here's some financing, but what is long-term? How do we help you grow? How do we continue to help you so you are on your own? You are empowered to do the things you need to do and going from there. So again, it's a several-step process. First, finding out what their need is, helping them with their immediate need, and then long-term need is like, how do we do that? And that's where we bring in the different agencies. We bring in the different um, developers and people that have expertise. And I'm the person that's getting people excited about, let's build Bloomington together. Let's get things moving again. And it's not going to happen on its own. That's the reality is people think that, oh, economics will just come back and things will just kind of do itself. It does not happen on its own. You have to be leading and getting people excited and getting the right people in place to make sure it does happen. 
I want to start off with the topic of economic recovery, getting help to the people and businesses that may need it most. You subscribe to the theory that the acceleration of economic growth is kind of the straw that stirs the drink, if you will. Your two opponents, on the other hand, see things a little differently, prioritizing things like infrastructure or the reallocating of funds, spreading equity around a little differently, things of that nature. And while it's agreeable that all of the above are important and need addressing, what leads you to believe that your specific approach is the best one that will lead to the best outcomes for the city of Bloomington in the future? Well, if you take just the basics of that, um, so you look at it as, okay, let's take our current budget that we have. It's you know, $145 million, so this is our budget for each and every year. And you can look at it and say, okay, we need more infrastructure, we need better roads, which I agree, we need to make these roads better. And this is something that's a fault of many years of not doing anything. In the last two or three years with our new city manager, we've done a lot. We're moving forward. But the years before that, our previous city manager and some of the people that are on council didn't do anything. We waited and waited and waited. We punted the ball further down, and all of a sudden now it's at such a disrepair. It's going to take so much time. So water, sewer, roads, buildings, very important, have to make that better. What I'm saying is you look at this as economic driver is how to help some social things. How do we do these things? So for mental health or affordable housing and all that, we need to have economic drivers. We need more jobs. We need better paying jobs. We need more diversity in companies that are startups for people that are expanding in this community or people coming outside the community, coming into our community. So again, either if you do the current system with doing nothing, you either reduce services or raise taxes. So if that's the model people want, which my understanding for most people is they don't want higher taxes and they don't want less services. So what we need to do is how do we generate more money? We generate more money by bringing more jobs to the community, bringing more people to the community, and giving the people that are currently here better paying jobs through job training, workforce development. We have those and having them in areas of the community that people can access easily and saying, here's what you can do. You can do, you know, buy this training and it's going to be paid for and you can have this. And that's what we have to do. We can't, um, it, the minimum wage is, is something that we can, is great and bad and everything mixed up into it. It's just we have to figure out how do we give people the ability to be beyond the minimum wage. But again, that's where I look at it is business growth is where is the key to making this move forward. And it then adds into the things that my opponents are saying, this is what they want. This is important. Yes, those are all important, but they all go together. You can't do one without the other. And you have to do it. So where do you find the money? Well, as a city, there's only so many ways we can find money, either fees, taxes, things like that. We're going to have to develop things and we're going to have to, uh, it's an order we can do those things. And I think there's so many possibilities. This is how it fits into my plan. It's just like, this is how we're going to get people living a better quality of life, having the things that some of us don't think about and we should be thinking about and thinking about how we help our neighbor. And that's the goal is helping our neighbor and helping them figure that out. I think the economic development part is a key. Well, and you touched on it right there. The expanding of the tax base has been a huge part of what you've campaigned for, you say it'll help the city lessen its tax burden, specifically on its own taxpayers. That would be your way of generating more revenue for things like your core services, your social services, infrastructure repair, and the like. 
what do you say to the skeptics who aren't sure your way will work the way you say it will? Um, I just look at past experiences of creating jobs for people, jobs, healthcare, everything. I've seen it happen. And the thing is, they have to understand is there's nothing for me in this other than it is for me is to be able to lead and guide for the next generation that people are currently dealing with things that they're dealing with. They want to have something different. And I look at it as I would say if the people say, I don't agree with you, that's fine. But I would say, let's sit down and talk about that. What is the avenue or the pathway that you feel it would be better? And why do you think that would be better? What is your solution? And that's what I want to see. What is the solution? I have solutions and I have ideas of how we're going to do this. And my question is to my other opponents is, what is your solution? Is it just raising taxes and reducing fees and services? Okay. That's, if that's what the community wants, I don't think that's what the community wants. If someone wants to tell me that I'm wrong, then let's sit down and we'll talk about what the right answer is. But I have not heard necessarily from someone saying, no, we don't want that. We want this. So shifting gears a little bit, this is an issue that has plagued you in this campaign more than your opponents. You're the operations director at Vail Church in Bloomington. And on its website, the church identifies one of its core beliefs as and I'm quoting directly from it, God established marriage as a lifelong exclusive relationship between a man and woman, thus all intimate sexual activity outside the marriage relationship is immoral and therefore sin, end quote. Now, you haven't been shy about admitting that your faith is a big part of your life. Does that mean that you believe in what this quote says and represents, what do you say to members of the LGBTQ community who might be offended by that? And also, what do you say to voters who maybe have a sort of red line, if you will, that this issue crosses for them? Well, as mayor of Bloomington, I follow all state and federal guidelines, all state and federal laws. I have always been a person who has worked with anybody based off race, class, sex, gender, or religion. It doesn't matter to me. I look at everyone and say, how do I help? And that is how it always been. All the years I've been in this community, I was the campaign manager for someone who was running for town council a couple of years ago. He is a gay man. So I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Him and I know each other. I have worked with him. If I had some belief that I felt like I can't be with somebody, then you explain that to me. That says it all right there. I feel like if we're going to do a religious test, um, which I think is unconstitutional, if we're going to talk about everyone's beliefs and things like that, then, then we're going to have to sit down to everyone that's in any organization, any part of any location and discuss that. I look at it as, no, that is not something that's part of me being mayor. This is who I am. I work with everybody. I'm going to treat everyone equally. And I, you look at my past and you look at who I've worked with in the past and the current, there's nothing that says that I'm against, like I said, anything that deals with race, sex, class, gender, religion. There's just nothing there. And I understand it's very important because there's things that have been said in the past that it wasn't me, you know, that there's some awful things that are said and people use religion as the thing. And I'm just being honest, and that is not me, and I am sorry. But if you talk to the people I've worked with from many backgrounds, they will tell you that what people are trying to paint me as, and that is not who I am. Michael, I want to circle back to the topic of economic growth. 
Sometimes it can be hard for voters to project into their own lives how will this candidate's policy, their approach to handling XYZ, in this case, digging the city out of the economic hole it's fallen into as a result of the pandemic, specifically leisure and hospitality industries. For everyday Joe the voter with an everyday job and an everyday family, how will your approach to accelerating the city's economic growth, getting things moving again, how will that affect the people of Bloomington? How will they see your policies and your approach to handling these issues affect their lives? Yeah. So how does it affect them? Well, again, it's because of how the development part affects them is there'll be more opportunities for job growth for that person if they want to choose something else that's different from what they are doing currently. There's opportunities for their family, their kids to do something different, to have experiences that are different than what we currently have. It also improves our roads, it improves our sewer and water, it improves other social things that people need that are looking for something getting from affordable housing to just amenities that people would like to see in Bloomington that would be excited about it. And that's it. so it does affect them on a day to day basis. Maybe if they come and go into their place of business, you know, where they work. But they will see it on the roads. They'll see it to the delivery of water and the sewer going away and all the other things that sometimes we just don't think about. But those are things that that will affect them, that they don't have to worry about things breaking down. And then also job growth and opportunities, which then also, too, then helps the education system, helps our District 87. And it gives them funding to be able to do the things to give kids an opportunity to be better and have things that they didn't know they had options to. And it helps us with making sure we have broadband through the whole community. Some areas are, don't have certain abilities to have broadband. And it affects schooling. It affects having a local business in that area. It does a lot of things. So it really is going to cause, by doing these things that I'm proposing, is going to help in a lot of different areas to be able to have growth in areas that haven't had growth in so long. You've never held elected office before. What do you say to those who maybe question your bona fides to be a good mayor should you be elected? And how do you plan to combat any potential issues or challenges that a newly elected Mayor Straza might face? Well, I look at it as none of the three of us are experienced. Yes, we have someone that's on council right now, but it's not necessarily that get garners experience. It garners that you're in a seat that means you're at the table, but what else has happened? What has been led? And that's the thing you have to ask that is like, okay, the person is there. What initiatives have they led? What things have they proposed? Not what you have voted on. I've been on boards for many, many years. I've been on the Red Cross board, small business development board. I've done a lot of things in those areas and I've been on there. I vote, I help move things. I help make things better. So again, we've all been on a board. I'm on zoning board of appeals. So I have had a position in the city to do that. Is it different from council? Yes. But I look at it as I have created businesses, started businesses. I've worked with people from everywhere. And it's a similar format. It's like you got to listen. And then as mayor, you're a representative of this community. You are working closely with the city manager and the staff and working closely with the council and saying, we need to make this a better place. Let's put our differences aside and how do we do that? And that's something that, yeah, is going to be, you know, people people are gonna ask, they're like, how, how are you gonna work with the council? 
I've been working on how I work with people in the past. You sit down, you listen to them, and hear where they want to go. What is their vision? What are, what are, what are their priorities for their ward? What are the priorities just for the whole community? And looking at that and seeing how do we how do we take those priorities and see what can we do in a year's time and how does that match up with where the city manager is looking at and seeing what do we do to make this happen? It's not going to be easy. No matter who's in that seat, it's not going to be easy. Uh, but I don't feel like there's one person that has that leg up. Why should Bloomington voters count on you to be the right person at the right time to guide the city to more prosperous days ahead and make their lives better? Because through the years, I've told people through stock market crash in 2000 to 9-11 to the insurance crash to a lot of different things that I have been through those years and I have helped and navigated groups and people through that. I am a solution provider. I'm a person that leads and does it. I will get in there and do the hard work. And I feel like that is what differentiates me is that I've gone through crises and helped people through crises. I've done these things. I've helped people. I've helped companies. I've helped families. I know what it takes. And I know when I need help, I ask for the help and I get the people that can do the things that maybe I am not equipped to do. But again, I feel like that's who I am and that's why I would be the best candidate. Final question for you here today. Imagine it's your last chance to talk to the voters of Bloomington. What's the last message you want to leave them with? Um, other than this is who I am. I'm Mike Straza. I'm running for mayor of Bloomington. I've been in this community since 1983. I want to continue to give back to this community because they have done so much for me. And I want to help. That is something that people have to understand. Take away party politics. Look at it as the person, as the experience, the knowledge, and the ability to work with people, that's what you have to look at. And that's who I am. I am not hiding stuff. There's no agenda. I am truly looking to grow and make Bloomington better. I have a heart for this community. I have a heart to help people and get rid of this division of, you know, what do you think, believe, what party do you belong to? We need to stop this. We can do so much as a community. And I know I am the person to do that. I am not a passive person. I'm a person that's going to get things done. And that's, you see that in the history of what I've done. I get things done. I don't talk about it. I actually do it. That's what this community needs right now. And I'm asking for people's vote. I need their vote. And we need people to get out there and vote. Vote for what you think is best for the community, not based off a lot of other things. And I just ask for your vote. Mr. Straza, we appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk with us today. Thank you very much. That was Michael Straza, one of three candidates running for Bloomington mayor. I'm John Murray. Find more coverage of the upcoming April 6th election online at our website, thedebtonline.com.